Welcome to the show, Brain Health Unchaining Your Pain. And I am really, really excited because we're live on the show today with the awesome Daniel Mangana. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Despite all the things that happened, we had one thing going over the front desk trying to walk in. I'm trying to tell them to go away while we're trying to go live. This is this is what being live is all about. Live real hey. life. Exactly. <laughs> this is just the reality of life. This is reality. Oh my god! But here we are. So happy <laughs> to be here. And who knows Thank what will happen me. for me? <laughs> I'm who a three knows? and a half year old upstairs oh who could walk okay. in. Okay, so. who could walk in with with their diaper off? Who knows what's going to happen? There we go. <laughs> Hopefully, she's fast asleep. Hopefully, Hopefully she's fast asleep. So, so for those people that are listening, don't know who Dan is. He is a successful entrepreneur, best-selling author, podcast host to Do It With Dan and Beyond Success, and a life and business transformation coach and an international public speaker. He's also from the UK, like myself, although maybe not in the UK. (laughs) Get in. (laughs) (laughs) Or from old Blighty, as we might like to say. Exactly. Um, He's helped thousands of people across the globe achieve wealth mastery and true and live truly abundant lives. He's featured on CNN, CBS, Fox, the Jack Canfield Show, and also in Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine. And his mission is to spread his teachings worldwide with the intention to spearhead an evolutionary uplift in universal consciousness by awakening people to the importance of their unique role and enabling them to manifest their dream life. And oh my God, goodness, is that such an important thing to do for people in today's world? Welcome. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Really happy to be here. <laughs> it's uh, It's been a funny old road, but we made it. We made it. You made it. And, and you're mm-hmm. excelling from it as well, which is what you know, is important in sharing your learnings from your experience to help people really dream, believe, plan and Mm -hmm. do and Mm -hmm. uh, accomplish their dreams and beyond that. So I'm really excited to for you to share your journey. But before you dive into that, I'd love to know Mm -hmm. what what is Mm -hmm. optimal brain health for you personally? What does it mean for you? Well, I think optimal brain, brain, brain health as an idea doesn't really have a home unless we have some kind of intentionality to market against. Because something can only be optimal if it's being optimized to something and then we can grade how optimized it is. And so it comes down to the intentionality. What am I trying to do? Now, the brain is pillar. It's pillar to us being able to function effectively in the world. So really, brain health is, when we're talking about this question of optimal brain health, we're looking at my life as a whole. What's the vision that I have for my life? And does my brain have the level of functionality that supports me in doing that? Am I giving it the right nutrients? Am I giving it the right rest? Am I keeping it in the right environment? Am I giving it the right inputs to support me living that life I want to live? Mm. Do you know, I absolutely love that because not many people talk about the functionality of mm-hmm. my brain is it helping me get the life that i want often mm-hmm. people focus on um aspects of of the whole life system but mm-hmm. don't necessarily link in totality mm-hmm. 
the importance of our brain in the whole system of life and, and our future intent and the dreams that we have, which is which is really so, so fundamental um, to helping us get the best out of our life. I'd love to know where your story started, where that mm -hmm. really wasn't the case for you, where you weren't getting the best out of your life, where you weren't able to reach the dreams that you mm -hmm. had for yourself, or perhaps you didn't feel you were entitled to dream. Mm -hmm. So my life was a weird one because I didn't start in a crap place. I kind of got there by myself and had to dig myself out of it. So like I, <laughs> my parents, immigrants, they, 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 they moved to the UK in the, the 70s from Zimbabwe. Uh, then it was Rhodesia, Southern Rhodesia. Um, I was the first of my siblings to be born in the UK. My older brother and sister were born in Zim and moved when they were like two and three years old or something like two and four. Yeah. And so my parents very much education, 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 uh, born and raised in East London, uh, education, 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 go to church. And um, against the backdrop of that, I was able to kind of build some success quite young. I taught myself to make computers when I was 13 years old. I incorporated my first limited company when I was 16. It was doing little deals wow. with that. And then I made my first million when I was 19. Uh, and then I'd lost wow. it all, uh, not long after turning 20. Um, and I went and built up some more again and then lost that again. So by 23, I'd made and lost everything twice. And then I then I found myself in rock bottom because the, the, the funny thing was, after losing everything the first time, I wasn't really that phased or flustered. I kind of dusted my shoulders off and was like, okay, I'm going to gonna mm -hmm. go and do it again. Uh, but the second time did knock me for six. I ended up in a deep state of, of, of deep suicidal ideation and just mm -hmm. in a really, really dark place. And then was able to pivot out of that and rebuild. And in that rebuilding, you know, I was living in a crappy bedsit in Watford town that was 80 pounds a week that I had to leave in the end because rain was coming through the the, the 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 light bulb was coming through the roof and going through the oh. light bulb and the the landlord wouldn't do anything and I thought I was going to get electrocuted so I I ran away and they wouldn't give me my deposit back because I refused it was a crazy crazy time and and it's so funny and to quite see myself. common you know in housing <laughs> yeah you know, <laughs> that, that they're not necessarily maintained to the standard that you'd no. expect or the one that's safe and habitable right it was, it was literally a slumlord situation so look at it now i'm looking at the sea of cortez out of my window i live in sunny mexico and you know i live my best life i live on the beach near the beach and you know i i get to do what i want and and, and to do so joyfully i've got beautiful family all of the things i i work as and when i want to work um but that journey did require me to go through some challenges to go through some dark times and people love to talk about the mind my mindset mindfulness yeah. but people I think very easily lose sight of the physical components of all of these things they talk about spiritual practices and but what actions you take and you speak about mindset but what about the brain the organ that actually is the one with which we engage with the mind and with everything else I think yeah. when you I mean I was brought into an understanding about the importance of brains about three years ago, a friend of mine kind of clued me up. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, you're not having enough rest. Your body's not going to function properly. If your body's not functioning properly, the chemicals and hormones in the body aren't going to be optimal. Then you're not going to have the right ability to think. Your emotional state's going to be off. Then what you manifest is going to be off. It's a real solid partner to have on side your brain. Yeah. And it does require that we give it some attention for it to be so effectively. 
No, I absolutely agree. And I, you know, going back to your relationship with computing is, you know, we, mm -hmm. we spend a lot of time, certainly in the coaching world, um, focusing on the software, but mm -hmm. just a, what could be a very tiny aspect of the software that we see <laughs> mm -hmm. that's operating in the foreground. Um, mm -hmm. But we don't necessarily take the time to look at the hardware um, mm -hmm. that, that is our brain, that how our brain mm -hmm. is actually functioning. Uh, mm -hmm. And with it, that hardware then allows our software to run fast or slow. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and, and sometimes the hardware is really efficient and really good mm -hmm. and it's the latest and greatest. And we all, everybody mm -hmm. has a different hardware <laughs> mm -hmm. in their head. Um, and sometimes it's not, it's not working because it's, it's got dust in it. It hasn't been upgraded. It hasn't been looked after. It's been, it's been parked. It's had a leaky light bulb has got the system wet, for example, mm -hmm. and it's just not working. There's some, maybe some short circuits going on. That's not allowing the operating system to work. But if we, if we don't spend the time to look at both the hardware and the software, we're never truly going to get the best out of the system, which is our, mm -hmm. which is our engine of life. And then the other thing that we don't tend to do is we tend we don't tend to look at the background operating system, the background programs that are running mm -hmm. <laughs> in in our mind or in our brain, um, which which stem from birth or pre-birth, depending on any trauma you may have experienced or how you were developed in the in the womb. In the womb. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, and also you have the the operating systems that you might have inherited. Mm -hmm. that might get turned on based on your lifestyle or your environmental experiences all of which have a huge part to play in how you show up and how your life um tra transpires mm. yeah and and there's a short-sightedness i think that leads to this uh, and, and this focus i'm like this this myopic obsession with like one thing like oh i've got to meditate you know i've got to read the book I've got to work really hard, high performance habits. Yeah, but all of this is being done with your physical body and your brain's the thing that's <laughs> controlling all those operations. So if you're not taking <laughs> care of that, you're going to be lost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like to think of our brain as like the engine of life. Mm -hmm. And we can often spend time focusing on learning how to drive the car. Mm -hmm. So we put a lot of attention into getting the, you know, the skills on how to drive mm -hmm. it. But we... Or we might spend some time learning how to um, maintain it, but we might not mm -hmm. look at the engine <laughs> itself mm -hmm. and look lift the or hood up. Or ignore the engine go, light. Yeah, <laughs> or, or ignore the engine light. And <laughs> <laughs> go, yeah, I don't need to worry about that. Low, low oil, exactly. don't, don't yeah. worry. We'll what, just is, keep what is going what is this oil? <laughs> what is oil? I know how to drive. That's all I need. <laughs> like all right cool <laughs> but that's what <laughs> people do, do. The what, do. <laughs> <laughs> what, that's what we do it's crazy it's really crazy so i know you skip you really skipped over quickly your your transition into becoming a millionaire at the age of 19 which is a phenomenal accomplishment um mm -hmm. how did i'd love to go through the success steps mm -hmm. that led you to to becoming a millionaire and then mm -hmm. uh, and obviously how that all unraveled could you just take us mm -hmm. on your journey 
um, a little bit yeah. slower to, to get yeah. to the millionaire status. So I was, I was, I was a precocious team. I mean, I was, t I was learning to make computers at 13. And I found out when I was 27, that all of this precocious action was because I, I have Asperger's and I didn't know. Huh? So my, my brain operates a bit differently. It functions a bit differently, but I literally manifested, manifested the whole thing. And that manifestation was a byproduct, primarily the fact that my mindset was razor locked on the idea that I'm going to be a millionaire. As, as young as I, I don't mm -hmm. remember being conscious of a time when I didn't just know that that's what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't something I had to go and tell people I'm going to be a millionaire. She says, yeah, that's mm -hmm. what I'm going to do. Whether I was mm -hmm. going to do it as an entrepreneur, whether I was going to make an invention, I just knew that that was what was going to happen. And so I started a business. Um, then a friend of mine joined and his no, a friend of mine's brother joined and some of his friends and we started a business that was very successful. Unfortunately, we didn't have the licenses for 90% of our activities. And so the government comes in and takes everything. And that was the loss. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, there was a lot of learning that came from that. There was a lot of experience yeah. that came from that. Um, if I hadn't lost everything, I probably would have still been the arrogant little Tyrek that I was at 19 years old that thought that he knew everything and didn't need <laughs> any help and guidance. Right. So it was, I mean, I, I can look back on the pain and, and the mess of all of that now with gratitude because the capacity that I have now to A, be a nice human being, B, a nice human being that's a contribution, which gives me a meaning and a level of fulfillment within myself, but also sustainable. And that sustainability only comes from being supported and the, the capacity and ability to be supported only came because of what I lost before. Yeah. And so that's kind of the journey. It was really... a I just made it happen is long story short. But I mean, mm -hmm. I was 16, 17 years old reading Think and Grow Rich. I was studying books like Psycho-Cybernetics in my teens and ordering books from Nightingale, Conant and tapes, listening to stuff. And that's who I was. You know, some people are out trying to work out how they're going to get laid or get drunk. I was sitting working out how am I going to get paid? It was an obsession. Mm -hmm. um, wow. And that obsession led to results. That's the long story short. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't some magical fairy dust. Mm -hmm. My brain was fine-tuned to the idea of being a millionaire. My actions followed suit. I just didn't have the experience um, mm -hmm. and emotionally have the, the resilience to also hold that level of wealth. The second time it was, you know, naivety again. Second time everything was stolen by people. Um, but that comes from life experience. That's when you learn mm -hmm. the skill to be able to deal with people, places, and things so you can create and even hold anything, whether it's a relationship, health, vitality, purpose, a career, or money. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And then how did you, I know you you had a massive uh, shift at 20 and you had a mm -hmm. hugely traumatic that was, experience. That was everything was lost. That was everything was lost. That was, that was what it was. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, and what, what, you know, obviously you lost, lost every, somebody stole it from you or people. The second time, second time people stole second everything. Time. <laughs> and, and, first um, time, first time uh, government says, thank you. Second time people said, if you don't mind. And, uh, <laughs> and I was left. And took it. I was left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And that must have been hugely difficult because you obviously, you know, we, if you think about the trauma, you'd already had the experience of it being taken from you by yeah. the government, you know, mm -hmm. and possibly legitimately. Um, yeah. And, it, and then the second time, it was still taken mm -hmm. from you. So you'd already had yeah. that huge trauma tree seedling mm -hmm. had planted mm -hmm. and taken root in your mind and mm. and and obviously your mind was quite fragile because it's quite quick it was yeah quite a short it all, it all happened in a very short period well. of time 
And there was an unraveling that happened after that, Dr. Ruth, because I did actually end up, like I said, in the dark pits of, of suicidal ideation. Uh, mm. And when I speak, it wasn't that, oh, I thought, oh, maybe I feel suicidal. The only reason why I didn't make an attempt is, you know, we're in the UK. I, there's no guns around. If I had access to a gun, I wouldn't be here now. But when wow. I looked at, for example, the idea of cutting my wrists, I've seen people with cut marks and I didn't want to be the loser who ran around with cut marks. Mm. I didn't want to hang myself and someone have to cut me down and inconvenience people yet again. I didn't want to wake up in a hospital try, have, try to, uh, with my stomach having been pumped if I tried to take pills. I didn't trust it. I was so... I was so sure of my loser status that I thought I'd fail when I didn't want to be a loser about anything else. And so wow. my journey of growth actually was me wanting to de-loser myself. And in the de-losering, I, I, I ended up inadvertently reprogramming my mind and ended up being a success. That's, that's literally what happened. I didn't set out to be successful. I set out to yeah. successfully commit suicide. That was my, that was my journey. Wow. Wow. So you you actually set yourself on a path to try and commit suicide, but in the process of trying to pull yourself out of the hole of I'm a loser and I don't want to lose at this battle, mm-hmm. um, I, it actually turned it around. Where, where did that turn around come? Because that's a massively know. interesting dichotomy, I, isn't it? And, and, the, and, the, and this is the thing that makes me laugh. My gallows humour kicks in because I just remember it was early 2015, and I woke up, I'd, I'd moved to Highgate, like, you know, I shared with you when, when we, we connected and I had a lovely home. Yeah. I had some nice things I liked, you know, I worked very little and was making a lot of money. And like, oh, wow, that dark voice isn't here. That dark shadow isn't there anymore. It just wasn't there. And it's the first time that I remember just noticing that I was peaceful. I had great relationships with my family. I was working out and taking care of my body. You know, life was good. Things were Mm -hmm. happening in a beautiful way. And I just had kind of drifted into choosing life. And that's when I decided, okay, this is, this is what we're doing now. And what was the, um, I'm really, really intrigued about that drift because mm -hmm. often people have a kind of awakening, don't they? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's something cataclysmic that makes them make a change. Mm-hmm. But this is a really interesting fact that you drifted it from mm. wanting death to actually enjoying life. Mm-hmm. What what was the how did you then package that? Because obviously you you discovered there were steps that you took. How did you work your way backwards to understand oh. how that drift had occurred? And and that process of you know I'd been to, I'd been working on a book for many uh-huh. many years and it and, and originally I realised that the book was kind of therapy for me dealing with mm-hmm. the shame of my failures and the mess that had been resulting and just the whole thing and and I then committed to changing the idea about what that book was going to be and really mm-hmm. sharing about the positive steps of the journey and that those steps became my book step and beyond intention. That's what, what it became. And that book breaks down the steps or the, the phases that I moved through and continue to move through on my journey going forward also, which are accept that's radical responsibility for what shows up in my life mm-hmm. clear, which is remembering that I can only make efficient choices that will create new outcomes in the present moment. Mm-hmm. I can't be present in the moment if I'm caught up in shame or guilt or blame about the past mm-hmm anxiety or obsession or even excitement about the future I need to be present Mm -hmm. now 
And then gratitude, which is gratitude in advance, developing a positive expectation about the outcomes that I want to move towards. And the mm. fourth step, I think, is probably the most potent. And it's the one that's really served me the most and really serves the people that I get to serve. And that's listen, which is remembering I'm human. And as a result, I'm not going to be happy every day. I'm not going to be switched on every day. I'm not going to get it right every time. And the second that I can give myself compassion, patience and love in the sight of that, that gives me a whole new barrel of power that I can use to keep moving even when mm. things don't look okay. So you know, those are the four steps. And, you know, there was different parts of my life that they've become more potent and different studying and teachers and experiences and books that have guided me on those different steps. But now over the last sort of four or five years, consistently, not just for myself, but for others, we've seen the evolution of moving through those steps, creating amazing outcomes for people. Mm. Do, do you know, I really love that because it's such a simple process as well, because we can create mm -hmm. processes that can be so darn complicated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Forget. So I just remind people what that was, is it accept that you have a radical responsibility for every mm -hmm. action you take in your life. And please do correct me if I'm wrong with <laughs> what I've just, just noted, is to be clear and have efficient mm -hmm. choices and be present in the moment for mm -hmm. for what you are capable of doing to to mm -hmm. affect your life going forward have gratitude in advance mm -hmm. um, of the process that you're going to take so that you can mm -hmm. set yourself up for success and have that positive mindset and also mm -hmm. to listen uh, and mm -hmm. to listen to yourself yep. and know that you're thinking human. and feeling with awareness thinking yeah. and feeling with awareness Mm -hmm. And I, I love the fact that you say that, you know, we're not we're not all perfect. Nobody's you know, we're perfect. not always going to show up as this perfect person <laughs> with yeah. our super suit on, you know, with the yeah. wind blowing in the background and the hair's all perfect. And, mm. <laughs> and we're yeah. not always going to feel OK. You know, we we're not always going to feel days OK when we're tired and days when when we feel really <laughs> well there's going to be areas of our life that we're stronger in and areas of our life that we're not but that's when we can partner up and connect with other people and co-create experiences and we can be their strength and they can be ours whether that's yeah. a friendship a family member a, a love interest or a business partner whatever like we are by nature communal creatures and when we allow that community to be really deliberate in its directivity of our capacity to connect and support each other the game changes yeah. Do, do you think we are, I love this sort of community because we kind of seem to have lost that a little bit just generally as a society with mm -hmm. the evolution of so, social media um, mm -hmm. and, and the internet. But we, mm -hmm. we can actually leverage the power of the internet to our advantage to build better yeah. communities rather yeah, than to create barriers. It's, it actually can be a force for good if we have the right right approach about it do you mm -hmm. think we're doing you know enough people are doing enough in that space to to build forge those partnerships because it can be a very competitive landscape can't it um, I think the question of enough depends on a the outcome and b you know your personal situation yeah you know and sometimes when we come to a level of awareness about where we are we can see oh there is more that I could do or there's something different that I can do but that does re still require it does require some intentionality. It does require some mindset. It does require some 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 deliberate and conscious connection. Otherwise, how can I answer that question? I can't because I'm just fleeting around, mm. right? Mm. I do I do need to be in conscious relationship with things, and so I think that's kind of a, a catch all question. It's going to be very difficult. Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. Right. So 
ask, you know, everyone should ask themselves, what's going on with me? Where is it that I want to go? And then I can ask myself, am I doing enough? What level of connection do I want? Because we don't all want the same kind of connection. We don't all want the same right. depth of connection. We don't all want the same quality. Some people need more. Some people need less. I've got Asperger's. I don't need as much, but I still do need. And we might not need it in the same and way. And your connection needs are different, as is yes. everyone else's. Just like, the, I mean, Gary Chapman taught us this with love languages, that we all connect differently and in different ways and need different things from connection. But when yeah. we can come intentionally knowing ourselves knowing our needs, then we can know, okay, these are the actions that I need to take. And then I can ask myself, am I taking enough efficient action that's meeting my needs? What's mm. the result? Am I getting it or not? Okay, then mm. I need to change what I'm doing or how I'm doing it. Mm. I'd love to dive into that accept piece is mm -hmm. uh, that you, the first step of your process is mm -hmm. around the time that you were 20, was that the time that you were diagnosed when you went on your journey of discovery therapy and reading all the books. i was diagnosed later i was i was later diagnosed later later yeah yeah i was diagnosed when i was 27. oh wow okay so that's quite a bit later and yeah, and, yeah. and what was the journey between the you know the crash and getting to the point where you were diagnosed with asperger's um so the, the diagnosis the way that it came was hilarious because um i've suffered with bouts of horrible insomnia since okay. my teens so i would go for weeks at a time without proper quality sleep mm -hmm. um and it would happen every year to 18 months it was like an annual mm -hmm. occurrence so i wanted to come but all right cool you know i'm not gonna be sleeping now and um i would try natural remedies and stuff would normally what i do but in this particular instance it just wasn't wasn't working to that time in 2011 it wasn't working nothing was working mm -hmm. chamomile tea wasn't working the over-the-counter stuff wasn't working um all the hacks about you know turning the lights off early and going to bed and whatever wasn't working so i went to the doctor the doctor prescribed me zopiclone mm -hmm. which is a very 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 strong sleeping tablet and in the uk they're actually only allowed to prescribe three because it's so addictive so he gave me the three he said take one you'll be fine if you're not take another half don't take any more than two Mm -hmm. by then you'd be knocked out anyway i took one took a half took another half and not only was i not tired i was wide awake so i go back to yeah. the doctor i said right we need something else because <laughs> it's not working and he's like well if this hasn't worked then it's it's not medical you need to speak to someone there's something else going on and it just so happened that dr helen McEwen, who he referred me to her primary job was cognitive behavioral therapy specialized mm -hmm. in working on adults with autism so mm -hmm. she saw all of the clues, she saw what was going on, and she kind of had a soft diagnosis and was doing some, she didn't tell me what she was doing, she was sort of poking around and working it out, and then she gave me the test, and yeah, I scored 27, um, 27 uh, out of 54, I think it is. Mm -hmm. 16 is the top end for you to be mainstream, anything over 16, mm -hmm. you're on the autistic spectrum. 32 is a score where they put you in a special school, so I was just okay. off special school level, mm -hmm. that's that's the depth of, 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 of Asperger's I've got. And so she supported me, gave me a lot of strategies and, and tips and, and a lot of, um, a lot of, um, processes stuff I can use in order to function. My sleep function returned. Not only that, I've been right. able to build proper relationships with people and able to, to thrive and to make the most out, most, make the most, make the most out of my superpowers uh, that come as a result of being on the spectrum as well.
yeah that that's amazing because i know a lot of people get um you know they get the diagnosis and then it becomes very um can become a bit debilitating for them by having mm -hmm. by not only having the diagnosis but that but the actual actually having aspergers can be quite difficult <clears throat> mm -hmm. if you don't have the right um tools or advice mm -hmm. to, yeah. to deal with it and, it can, and people it can be debilitating yeah and people with aspergers are incredibly incredibly sensitive to toxins uh, mm -hmm. and to chemicals that go into your brain which is why many drugs don't work because because your brain works differently uh, mm -hmm. and, and it's it's like having a super racing car <laughs> that's highly tuned and wants to be on a race track all the time mm -hmm. um, and you can't put rubbish fuel in it because it's mm -hmm. a racing car <laughs> mm -hmm. and you and you have to you have to really treat it with a huge amount of respect mm. um to for the racing car to perform because it's mm -hmm. not a robin reliant <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've not heard that in a very long time yes it's not a robin <laughs> Robin, it is not. It has four which, wheels. Which, for those that don't four know, wheels. is a three-wheeler that's like a it's like a it's moped like a, on wheels, <laughs> with a, with a chassis. Yeah, with a chassis. God. So, what what was the what were the big shifts for you? Because um, there'll be many people um, who may be struggling with Aspergers, and maybe mm -hmm. they feel like they've got to, you know, they're just not making progress, like you just said. You you. You know, you're taking these sleeping pills and it wasn't making any difference. What were the big sort of big ticket interventions that really helped you take that cloak off and, and unleash your superpower of Asperger's and really get the best out of your brain? Just knowing what your strengths are and playing to uh -huh. them. So for me, I can learn anything systemized. You give me something systemized. If it's got a step-by-step -step process that's clear, I will get it and I'll be able to do it. But it means that when I was getting horrible anxiety, I mean, I was suffering severe social anxiety, general anxiety yeah. for years, which is what was leading to my sleep issues. Mm -hmm. Because if something isn't systemized, I fall apart. Mm -hmm. So if I don't have a steps to follow through, I'm going to fall apart. So guess what? Mm -hmm. Where steps don't exist, I allow myself to be supported. Mm -hmm. I get help. <laughs> and as much yeah. as possible, you know, I so focus on things that can be systemized. Uh, do you know, and I love that, the way you said it, because we can make it super complicated. <laughs> um, but actually, it, knowing your strengths, like you've just said, and knowing mm -hmm. where you need the support where where you don't have those strengths and you and you don't want to have them and, and you might not e be able to have them. And mm -hmm. we can beat ourselves up and get frustrated mm -hmm. and anxious and stressed or depressed or any of any of the negative connotations of from mm -hmm. a brain health perspective because we are we don't have something that somebody else mm -hmm. has or we can go do you know what you have this i have this super skill you have that super skill like you mentioned earlier let's work together mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we can support each other and lift both lift both people mm -hmm. up that's it it's really simple when you think of it like that that's like it's not it's really not this complicated process it's this is what i can do this is what i don't have the capacity to do who has the capacity to do that can i offer them something in exchange can i remunerate them some way or do they want to do it and let them do it yeah <laughs> and that's it that's the end of the day and, and it comes back to your first step right which you mentioned accept. earlier which is accept 
is accept mm -hmm. that we're going to be great at one thing and we've got this superpower you know for you you have this superpower because i think i truly think it is a superpower because you're because you are a race car but you have mm -hmm. to be on a racetrack to perform mm -hmm. well you, you know it's exactly. no good putting you on some country bumpkin road because it's hugely irritating because <laughs> you can't see where you're going the mm -hmm. hedges are all in the way your wheels bump about all over the place uh, and you mm -hmm. just can't race as fast as you as you want to go so mm -hmm. it's not the right you know that's not the right environment for for you uh, mm -hmm. you need a racetrack which is exactly. you know having those processes in place yep, um, but you have to accept that you are a race car exactly and celebrate it and cel and celebrate it i love that i i'd love to dive into the fun facts <laughs> Mm -hmm. which, it, which is uh, and i'm massively into systems so i hope you can relate <laughs> right to this so the fun facts is looking at the five pillars of brain health and we mm -hmm. remember it by saying to ourselves let's look at the facts uh mm -hmm. the first pillar is our feelings so this is connecting mm -hmm. with our emotions because they drive our behaviors and the second pillar is our actions so f is for feelings a is for actions the third pillar is our connection and that's connection mm -hmm. to ourselves, our internal connection with ourselves, and our external connection with others. The fourth pillar is our thoughts. What thoughts are we listening to and are they serving us? And, and the fifth pillar is our surroundings, which is everything associated with outside of our personal space, our physical body and mind. And our, are our surroundings serving us or are they, are they hurting us? And that's everything from people to toxic um, chemicals and uh, you know non-conducive work workplace or work environment and so on but let's go in from a fun perspective <laughs> so starting with feelings what is if you don't mind answering this question the funniest or most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you i've got a lot of embarrassing things to be honest a, a lot <laughs> A lot of embarrassing things. I have uh, a lot too. What, I'll share mine. I'll share okay. some. <laughs> I've got I've got this one. Um so I was at I was at a night out. This is pre-diagnosis. I didn't know I had Asperger's at the time. I just uh -huh. knew I wasn't very good talking to girls. But um there's this one time I was I, I was talking to this girl and she was there and we were talking and it was happening. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> the talking is happening and I put my foot in my mouth in such I tried to say something clever I wasn't trying to say something clever it 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 was I was talking as me putting my foot in my mouth and she was so confused by what I said she didn't even say anything she just went like this and, and walked away <laughs> and my sister was right there and she heard the whole thing and she loves to tell everybody the story as embarrassing as she can anytime she gets the opportunity to it's really funny so oh. yeah putting my foot in my mouth so if my sister's listening to this Lou yes it's the Bourneville story um yeah so that's one of the most yeah don't don't ask don't ask we'll be here for another hour me trying to explain what I meant and we might get there but I was I was convinced that this was the sexiest thing to say and it really really wasn't so there we go. Well, at least you learned from it, you know. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Oh, you didn't. Oh, that no. kind. Of, <laughs> um, <clears throat> anyway, there we go. I've survived. I, I survived well, well, no, you least. survived. Thank you for sharing. I, I know yeah. just to share share something back. 
<clears throat> is a funny thing that happened to me was I was out driving, going back to the driving analogy, and I got totally lost, had to go to a course. And then previously, I bought my niece uh, a map of the area. This is before the days of um, uh, sat-navs <laughs> stuff. Mm. And I had to phone her up. She was about eight at the time um, and ask her if she could um, help me get to where I wanted to go by getting out this map I bought for her. My family thought that was completely um, hilarious um, uh, from my hilarious. map reading skills were. Uh, not sufficient at that time, and it always gets brought up from a family perspective. So I'm with you on those <laughs> funny moments. Um, actions. What's the most rewarding or fulfilling thing you've ever done? Oh, what I do now. I get rewarded and fulfilled yeah. every day. So making the the leap to walk away from a successful business, not knowing what's going to be on the other side. I think that's definitely it. Wow. And and is there anything that you you know in terms of uh future reward do you constantly are you, you know is there something that you're really looking forward to as your next step in life uh just more of the same um uh -huh. and just just continuing to live life on my own terms that's what i'm really looking forward to continue to live life on my own terms and to have um the relationships the resources and everything that supports me doing that yeah yeah i love that um connection to yourself mm -hmm. What is yes. your most important value that guides you in life? Um, does it make me feel good and bring no harm to others? Ah. Oh. Right. That's so it's, a really it's good self, one. It's selfish, it's selfish with appreciation for the fact that I'm not the only one in my universe. So that's definitely a big one for me. Well, I don't know if, you know, it's self-love, isn't it? I don't know if it's self selfish because yeah, you're caring people... about other people. Yeah, I mean, no, but but I mean, if I had left the does no harm, if I just did what felt good, that may infringe on someone else, right? It feels good for me to run naked down the street. Yeah, that's against the law, mate. And not everybody wants to see you <laughs> winky, right? So, right, but does no harm. Like, it doesn't impact on the freedom of other people to do the same. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, I really like that because, you know, we can spend time... Um, focusing on you know it goes back to you really looking at yourself as a whole and we can spend time focusing on it, individual values but you're taking a very holistic approach in terms of mm -hmm. what you want out of of life <laughs> mm -hmm. and is it gonna am I gonna feel great about it uh, mm -hmm. and do what what you what you love which is so which is so important um connection to others Who's been mm. your role model in your life? When it comes to connection, my friend Chris, uh, Chris Kelka, mm -hmm. him and his wife wrote a beautiful book called um, Relating Revolution, K-R-I-S, Chris Kelka, K-E-L-K-A-R. Mm -hmm. And the most powerful thing about that book that I love is that it reminds us that it only takes one of us to change a relationship. Mm -hmm. Like if I change, then the substance of a relationship can change. So it just really shifted the way that I looked at relationship. It stopped being about what I'm getting other people to do and became about how I connect and pour into a relationship and that will dictate what I get back. Mm. Do you, I think that's I think that's so important because we can also we can easily put our attention on the other person and not really own and take ownership mm -hmm. of the responsibility that we have in terms of influencing that relationship and I kind mm. of like to see relationship as it's the dynamic between two people. And mm. so in when when you've got that connection 
that it has to work it has to work both sides mm -hmm. otherwise mm -hmm. it's just communication which could go mm -hmm. anywhere um, exactly. but the relationship is that connection piece and so if you're mm. truly connected you know there could be multiple connection points to the other person and some of them may be serving you and some of them may be hurting you or the other person and mm. you have to take you have to do that really deep dive don't you often to make Agreed. sure that, that that relationship is really working and those connections are working together rather than against each other exactly um so thoughts because mm. i know these can really <clears throat> influence our emotions and our feelings what stupid or crazy thought have you often told yourself in the past that isn't true? That people care. Not people care about you, but people care about what you're doing. Um, oh. Like even when I look at the whole thing of suicidal ideation, I was actually on the brink of taking an action because of my belief about what other people would thought about my failure and me being a failure. And that I had no value intrinsically anymore because I was such a failure and everyone was going to say I'm a failure. And I, I remember many years later when I, it, it started looking like it was trying to creep up again. And my yeah. friend looked at me and he goes, Dan, have you murdered anyone? No. You raped anyone? No. Troubled little children? No. Selling drugs? No. Then nobody really cares. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh. And then I, I saw this meme and there's this meme of this guy looking up at the heavens and he's like, Lord, save me from my haters. And it's got the thing of like the Michelangelo painting or whatever. And, yeah, yeah. And, and God saying, nobody's thinking about you, pointing at him. <laughs> it's like, we've got this obsession that we've got all these people that are focused their intent, their energy and thoughts on us. And for the most part, people are just trying to get on with their day. And probably yeah, they're more, more focused thinking, on what they need to do. Yeah, or thinking about someone else that they think is thinking about them and we're all running on this illusion that somebody's thinking about us when really nobody <laughs> cares all that much. And if we could just come back to focusing on, okay, if nobody else is involved, what do I want to do for myself? What do I want to experience? How do I want to show up? What do I want to contribute? It's a much healthier position to be in. Yeah, yeah. And we can, we can massively damage ourselves, can't we, with this thought that other people... We, mm -hmm. we we are not enough it's ultimately mm -hmm. the sort of core of it and we are less than um mm. and people are going to look down on us and we're going we feel that sort of internal shame uh, mm. associated with the perception that other people care and therefore mm. they 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 place this not enough you, you know we've placed this virtual not enough concept but it can happen mm. to people in you know a childhood experience Mm -hmm. can say that can make someone feel not enough or that mm. or, or feel judged mm -hmm. and they've been judged in childhood and then that manifests forward into their present day and they're mm. constantly replaying in their mind this this past experience that they mm. are being judged by somebody who 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 does no longer exist mm. uh, apart from in the in the remits of their memory it's crazy and we can do ourselves so much harm by replaying our old our, you know old programs that are not mm -hmm. serving us so yeah and, and just just it's just just when you just drop it and you give yourself permission to just drop it you can just be so freed up 
feel that energy that you bring back and it's just a wonderful feeling it really really is yeah i, I totally agree and we can spend expel a huge amount of energy trying to defend ourselves from something that doesn't actually exist yeah it's which crazy. is ex which but, can be exhausting well that's what we do uh, humans well, in all our do do it, yeah. fabulous intellect yeah. <laughs> and was it that moment that you had that conversation with your friend that you realized you could just let it go or did no it, i still tried uh, to argue about it i still tried to argue it a little bit it took a while for me to just be oh yeah i can just i can just drop it but i got there in the <laughs> end i got there in the end it probably i think it's when i saw the meme that's when it really hit home i think i don't remember how much later i saw that meme but when i saw that i was like oh wow that's exactly what jay was saying yeah okay wow. i get it now wow. <laughs> yeah. and and these are like we like to call them ants so automatic negative thoughts there's like these mm -hmm. programs that run in the background of our mind and we don't mm -hmm. pay attention to them, but they steal our energy. They steal mm -hmm. our focus. They, they steal mm -hmm. our, you know, progress in life. Uh, mm -hmm. And they can really, really affect us and deplete us in, in so many different ways, both mentally and physically and emotionally and, and spiritually. Um, mm -hmm. So it can affect us at so many levels. I'd love to dive into the fifth pillar, which is surroundings. Um, mm -hmm what is the most beautiful place you've ever visited and what makes it so special oh i've been to some lovely places um but a place i really really loved was um Kofiti island in thailand uh i could have stayed there forever it was just too far wow. from everything <laughs> it's the middle of nowhere <laughs> I, I remember when i when i ended up in mexico i was thinking can i make it work just pack it up and go to thailand could i go I did try and see if I could do it. Uh, Victoria Falls as well, Zimbabwe, where my parents are from. Oh, okay, I've not been there. Shockingly beautiful. Yeah, shockingly beautiful. Wow. Um, I also love the Cotswolds. I think there's just beautiful, beautiful greenery there. Um, mm. Pacific Northwest, uh, the, the trees there are so old um, in the US. It's just beautiful. Um, um, yeah, I've been to beautiful places, um, but those are some of them. And what inspired you to, obviously, the Cotswolds in the UK, it's it's just north-west uh, of London, just to mm -hmm. give people, people a reference point. I think that's enough for, uh, for a reference point for those that aren't in the UK. Um, what inspired you to move to Mexico? I came for three days and didn't leave. <laughs> Why didn't you leave? What, what made you amazing. stay? I've just, it's I amazing. didn't want to go anywhere. Yeah, okay. three days turned to 10 and then I didn't leave. Because I'm that. interested, you mentioned all these wonderful places and I actually thought that you would say Mexico. <laughs> oh yeah, and then as you... well, but I mean, this is my everyday now. Yeah. <laughs> that was a bit of a, an obvious answer. <laughs> but So I thought I'd share something a bit different than where I actually live. Well, it is also beautiful, the sun's out, it's gorgeous here, but yeah, I thought I'd share something a bit different. <laughs> And um, I'd love to dive back now into your life's journey, if if you will. Mm. And I'd love to kind of um, dive back into, you know, you had the diagnosis of Asperger's. How, mm -hmm. how long was it? You know, obviously you met this amazing therapist who's involved with CBT and she gave you the tools. How long did it take you to really unleash your superpower uh, and let go of all the chains and uh, and the and the aspects of your life that were holding you back so you can you can really 
um, tap into that superpower with in inside your brain. I think I continue to build that mm -hmm. relationship and to to deepen and develop that. But there were immediate effects. Mm -hmm. um, but the the biggest shift, I would say, I think probably was you know three four years later that when I mm -hmm. sat and looked at hang on a minute look what's going on with the life that I'm living um but yeah it, it, it there was some immediate change immediate shifts but then big shifts and changes that were seen uh within a few years wow and what were, what were the shifts that were super noticeable because you just mentioned big shifts and changes in within well, the anxiety was gone the anxiety was gone I was ah. I was literally living daily with some form of anxiety, whether it's social or, or general. It was a yeah. very uncomfortable way of living. Like I said, it led to inability to sleep, just health issues, all sorts of ick that mm -hmm. was going on. Uh, the ability to then go out and form connections because I understood what was standing between me and having connections. All of these things, being able to build bridges of relationship with people that I wasn't able to do. I'm able to then deepen connection with family members that I wasn't able to do. So there were visceral- Because your anxiety had a hold of you. And not only that, part of me, I knew, I knew, I knew what was stopping me have connection was I didn't know what it meant to have connection. And understanding that I didn't understand it meant that I could go and get to understand it and go and learn what these things learn. were. That, yeah, and that was what it was. So, yeah, yeah it just it, it just changed the game for me. That diagnosis saved my life. Oh, that's amazing! Thank you for sharing that. And was it just realizing that you had had Aspergers? Was that like, oh God, thank, thank the Lord? Well, no, it's, it, it was. It was. I mean, knowing Aspergers, but when Doctor Helen was like, "Well, look at this. These are some of your skills that I've been witnessing with you." It's like, oh my God, look! Oh my God, look! I can just do that. I can just do that. Oh my God, that's why I do that. Oh my God, I could do that as well. I could do more of that, and then able to bring some intentionality to the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd like to I'd like to kind of because this is me, we're talking in Mental um, Health Awareness Week here in the UK. Obviously, it's Mental mm -hmm. Health Awareness Month in the in the States. And every every mm -hmm. week needs to be Mental Health Awareness Week, to be fair. Mm -hmm. We all need to be looking at, at it from a daily basis. Mm -hmm. But in terms of, you know, a lot of people who have Asperger's may feel that they're alone or that's mm -hmm. a battle that they're fighting by themselves. Mm -hmm. what, what advice would you give to anybody who who is in that space where they're really struggling mm -hmm. with their sleep issues and nothing is or, or, or they're really just struggling with social connection just nothing seems to be working um mm -hmm. and they just feel uh not enough or or just just struggling with life in general what what would you give what advice would you give to anybody who's in that space you're always going to be in a prison if you, the answer is dependent on other people. And so it's, I'm not saying to relish in being alone or to make yourself an island, but get okay with it being you. And then from that place, you can then start to build bridges with people. Because if you're going into attempted connection, needing that connection to be the thing that saves you, you've, you've created a, a prison. And one that mm. someone else is holding the keys for. But when it's like, okay, I accept that I may have some times of loneliness. I accept that not everyone's always going to get me. I accept X, Y, and Z. Then from that place, I can go and form healthy bonds with people rather than bonds of need that are demanding of someone that they give me the energy that I need to save myself. 
Yeah, you, I think that's such a powerful statement because it comes back to owning who you are uh, and that, that huge acceptance piece is that we often mm -hmm. spend so much energy trying to be who we're not mm -hmm. that we fail to leverage the superpower of who we are yep. in that process. Um, and and we expend an enormous amount of energy doing that and it and it doesn't actually help us get anywhere but it devalues our own self mm -hmm. <laughs> in the process and causes us a potentially needless anxiety um, mm -hmm. because we haven't done that acceptance piece initially to say yeah, this that's is why it's, the it's the foundation it's the foundation of everything without yeah. it everything falls apart everything falls on its face without that it's really really yeah. a, an imperative component and, you know, in terms of the social connection piece that, you know, can be such a huge issue for people with Asperger's, um, how did you overcome that? Was it purely self-help books? Was it getting people to support you? What, what were the key changes that really helped you overcome that, that struggle that you, you had previously experienced? Well, first of all, now I know what I'm asking for patience from people for, for it's like, Hey, I'm going to put my foot in my mouth. I'm going to say some weird stuff. I may just need time by myself. I may just speak without the social niceties. Cause I, I forgot about the, the whole packaging that needs to happen. That was number one. And B I learned anything systemized. I went and studied social dynamics and understood the function that was happening. And so what people are doing unconsciously, I just have a conscious relationship to it's like, okay, understanding the power of pause, the importance of body language, and the importance of eye contact, all of these things. Just went and learned them. And, and now I just do them consciously. It. That's it. <laughs> and then and <laughs> then you can start to then you can start to let go and allow yourself to form natural bonds. But I can't form natural bonds to people if I'm in a space of anxiety. And so that gamification gave me the space to be able to understand, well, who am I trying that I can connect with without all of the games and function. Okay, yeah. and now I can go and connect with those people. And that's what yeah. I do. Yeah. There's less people, but deeper connection. Yeah. And and that's just systemizing it, you know, is so important just generally. If you're trying to learn a new habit that is not natural to you, um, mm -hmm. you have to – it can be really helpful when you systemize it and you break it down into mm -hmm. bite-sized chunks. You know, I'll just take a, a – I'm a kayak instructor um, for, and I haven't done it for a while, but I, I used to do uh, instruction and, we, and we'd, we'd break down the stroke that we would be teaching people into its component parts so they mm -hmm. could learn all the steps in order to achieve the stroke that we were looking for them to do. And it would mm -hmm. take lots and lots of time for some people to get it. Some people needed the kinesthetic, the, the physical touch contact in order mm -hmm. for it in order for them to learn it some people were good with just a demonstration some people were good mm -hmm. with an explanation and we all learn differently but when you can break down the learning into a process that is right for you personally then you can you have you know you a brilliant example that you can fill the voids of the of the learning difficulties that you you may have you may have um but by that systemization of it all mm. which it which it which is brilliant um dan 
I have absolutely <laughs> uh, loved talking to you about thank you, me you too. Know, your life's journey and and the experiences you you've had and I, I know you shared this incredibly powerful four-step process which I just want to reiterate because I think it's so fundamental is that acceptance and then take radical responsibility for who you are that having clear and efficient choices and presence in your mind about what you need to do to get to move forward in life and gratitude in advance of the steps that you're going to take which is the third one and also listening and acknowledging that you're human and it's okay to have highs and lows how can people get hold of you and learn more about what you do in helping people realize the dreams that they have in their life and their business, which I know you're so hugely successful with. <laughs> Just head to dreamwithdan.com, dreamwithdan.com. Everything's there. Best place to find me. Uh, and, and do you know, it, I've, I think you're, you're such a brilliant role model for people who uh, have Asperger's and uh, you know a, a, a superstar in in every way and I love the logo that you have is like this shiny this sort of star that sparkles so bright um you know dream with Dan to show that anything is possible if you put some your mind to it and also when you create the right process for yourself that can really get you to to where you want to go Thank you, Dan, so much for joining me on Thank my you. show live uh, to share your, your journey, share your experiences, your successes and your highs and lows and just teaching us all that we're all human um, and it's about getting the best out of our engine of life, which is our brain and levering, leveraging its power. So thank you. Thank you. So everyone, remember that this show is all about brain health, unchaining your pain. You are not stuck with the brain you have. You have the power to make it better and to optimise it and get the best out of your engine of life. Dan has been a fantastic example talking about his experiences. Now here we have a message from our sponsors. Thanks for listening. is brought to you by WinCheck Studios. We are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners, downloads, and income. We come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how you can interact directly with our hosts, access exclusive live content with offers you can't get anywhere else from our official partners, join our purpose-driven community by visiting www.winject.com. If you're ready to build a career doing what you love, then we're ready to see you there.